Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Thank you very much for joining us today. Our wonderful guest is Mr. Sean Phillips. Hello, Sean. Hi, Tammy. How are you? I'm doing really, really good. How are you? Good. It's a beautiful day outside, finally. Yes, it's wonderful being into summer and counting down for when we get our kids home from school. Yes. So, Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. So, I'm a a full-time freelance portrait photographer. Uh, My company is Riverwood Photography. And I work out of my home. Uh, well, I work on location. I work all over the place, but my I'm based out of my home. My office is here. I have a studio uh, in my home as well. And I largely do headshots for small business owners and corporate executives that need new photos for LinkedIn or their company website or their marketing materials. I see lots of realtors, mortgage brokers, you know, all walks of life, really business people and uh, and corporate corporate types as well. It seems like everybody needs a photo, so I'm happy to oblige. I do also a fair number of family portraits and event work and you know, basically a little bit of everything else. But the main business, probably 80% or more, is headshots for those business people. And uh, my family, I'm, I'm married, my wife Louise, and I have two kids. Um, Melanie is 12 and Andrew's 9. So, yeah, headshots, that's definitely one that I see a, a lot when I'm working with people, especially when they're first starting out and they're saying, okay, what what do I need to get? And I say, okay, first thing, we need a good picture of you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The one that was right. taken at a wedding six years ago, not the one on the beach. We need an actual good picture for, like, what you're saying, the LinkedIn, all of that. Yeah, the key is that it really needs to look like you. Otherwise, what's the point? And if you've, you know, if you've cut your spouse or your partner or your best friend out of a photo of the two of you hanging out at the at the park or the beach, then uh, that's not very good either. Totally not a good thing. So you say you work from home. How long have you been working from home for? It's uh, going on seven years now. Oh, so you started when your kids were quite young. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow, I can't, didn't even think about it that way. But yes. Uh, um, they were both in daycare at the time. Melanie was just starting. Melanie must have been in about grade one. Uh, so she was just starting to go to school for full days. But I definitely had Andrew at home for parts of the days or I had the option of sending him to a day home or daycare, which, you know, when I was working, I definitely had to do that. I was able to be at especially the beginning of the business when I wasn't crazy busy like I am now. I had a lot more time to be that stay at home dad. 
And I mean, as you know, when you're when you're running a small business, there's always work to do. But you have the flexibility when you work from home of of doing some of it now or some of it later, depending on what the family schedule is like. And so I definitely kept Andrew at home with me uh, a fair bit. But he also spent some time at daycare. Yeah, I fully understand that. One of the reasons I started my business when I did 14 years ago was because Greg and I were talking about starting our family and I'm going, oh, I don't want to keep doing this nine to five and having to do the full time daycare and and all of that stuff. So I set up my business at home and it's definitely different than um, having full time daycare because I kept Ayla around most of the time. Like I <laughs> I took 30 hours of mat leave. So it's like, OK, how do we keep doing this going straight from pregnancy to having a newborn and keeping the business going? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's something to think about. Although I I have to admit that I I never really even considered that as um you know, it wasn't a primary driver for me deciding to work from home. Uh it was more that I decided that I didn't love what I was doing before and I really wanted to get into photography as a hub, as a as a profession. And so then I just made it work. Yeah. It's one it's one of the advantages of taking control of your life that you can find the different ways to make it work. Like I like how we met doing different things like seeing our kids at school and, and the school council and stuff like that because we have the flexibility to participate in the activities that a lot of your normal 9 to 5 parents just can't. Yeah, it definitely makes my wife jealous from time to time when she's stuck at her 9 to 5 and I have the flexibility. Well, and I also have the, the personality type that uh, – maybe personality type isn't the right word, but I, I have the – the ability to work late into the night if I need to. So if I want to take a few hours and go spend them with my kids, whether that's a school activity or we just decide to go fishing today, uh, I I can do that and then I can get the work done that I need to, you know, at midnight or one or two in the morning. Uh, obviously, that doesn't help if I have a paying client who needs me at that time. But uh, usually, I'm really fortunate. Most of my clients don't have a burning need for me today at 11 o'clock. If I say, well, how about tomorrow at 11 or, or next Tuesday at 3, they can usually work around my schedule. So, Yeah, I, lo- I love that, too. I'm going, I keep some really strange hours, but I can go and be pizza mom or volunteer for a field trip or take the day off because my daughter's sick or whatever and, and be able to work, like you said, wait into the night or on a weekend or something to make it all fit in. And it's really good. I One of the things that I really love about working from home. Yeah, me too. And I've really put a conscientious effort, especially over the last year or so, to kind of take back the hours of day that the kids are home. You know, they're both full time in school now, obviously, but they get home around three or four o'clock. And then between that time and when they go to bed, I really try not to be the the, the guy that's working in those hours. Uh, I try to I try to be a family guy in those hours and then I'll do some more work after everyone else has gone to bed. Isn't it wonderful being able to balance and have it work the way you want it to work? <laughs> oh, I, I love it. I mean, and even also in the past few months, I've really started to ride my bike a lot more and get more physically active. And I can do those things when it suits the rest of my schedule. I don't have to worry about, um, yeah, I, you know, I can go do that at nine this morning or two this afternoon if if that's when my day allows. It's really nice. Yeah, I love it. I, I can't imagine ever going back to working for somebody else. Yeah, it wouldn't work in my world either. But okay, I'm sure so we, I could make it work, but it, it would be hard. <laughs> we we could make anything work if we absolutely had to. Yeah. But there's so many options so that we don't have to. <laughs> yeah. So with with you you being the stay at home work from home dad 
and your wife working downtown and, and all that. What questions and stuff do your kids ever bring up with, like you said, you guys have kind of a different rela- different setup with the work, not having both of you nine to five and things like that? You know, I, I don't think my kids question it even, you know, they're so used to it. It's been, like you mentioned, it, 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 they were quite young when I started out on my own. So they're used to it. It's always been that way as far as they remember. They they just don't question it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different than when we were growing up. <laughs> Totally. You know, when I was a kid, my dad worked, he he was in the RCMP, so he worked shift work and he worked crazy hours. My mom definitely worked at, t- I say worked outside the home. My mom definitely had employment outside the home at times when I was growing up, but for the most part, she was a, a stay at home mom. And that was normal. Most of my friends, that was their normal too. But now so many of our friends, the people that we hang out with, the people that we associate with, they all have two working parents and whether that means that one is at home and one is uh, at, at an employer or somewhere outside the home, obviously I hang out with a lot more small business people now too. So, yeah. so having a work at, work at home mom or dad is pretty normal these days. It just, I, I don't know, my kids just don't even question it. It's normal for them. Yeah, the, the environment has, has very much changed. But looking back to when, when you were a kid, what were some of the things that, that you learned about money or wished you had learned like seeing like your dad was working shift work and, and your mom sometimes worked outside of the home and then sometimes just being a stay-at-home mom very busy but what were some of the things that you noticed when you were a kid around the subject of like you said money and, and different things like that you know my dad was a government employee is in the rcmp and they don't get paid a ton right you know we we had a comfortable life we, I, you know, I never really wanted for anything. I mean, I had clothes and food and I had all those good things. We didn't go on extravagant trips or, or have fancy cars or anything like that, but we had the things we needed. But if there was something that I really wanted, I had to find the money myself. And that was just, that was the expectation that was set down. I remember very early on, we lived in Northern BC uh, when I was a, a young teenager and I kind of wanted our family to have a snowmobile. It was always a dream that we would have the snowmobile. Yep. And my dad said, you know, well, I can't afford to buy that for you, but if you can earn half the money, then I'll pay the other half. And, you know, as priorities changed and things went on, that didn't actually happen. But that just became the expectation um, that if I wanted something, I was going to have to earn the money for it. And I was one of the few kids in, in my family, uh, you know, in any part of my family that went to university. And, you know, I paid the vast majority of that for myself, too. I had to work. I, I had to I had to earn the money. I had to work jobs. And I was the kid that I always had some hustle going on. I had some job, whether it was, you know, uh, raking the, the neighbor's um, leaves or mowing their lawns. Or uh, there was a couple of hotels in the town that I lived in that I went and swept their sidewalks. And I um, I worked in restaurants folding pizza boxes. And, you know, there was always something that I was doing almost every day. There was some way that I was earning money. And, you know, I remember I bought my first set of skis by picking up bottles and taking them back. You know, we did all, all these sports and clubs and teams do bottle drives now. Well, I used to do my own bottle drives every weekend. And that's how I bought my skis. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been able to ski. You know, it, 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 it's just the way it was. So the expectations for me were, were that if I wanted something, I had to find a way to make it happen. And, and I've tried to impart that into my kids as well. But it's not always easy. We we are we are much more well off, I would say, much more fortunate than my family was when I was growing up. 
Oh, I can fully, I can fully understand that. Like, yeah, I grew up in in North Central Alberta, and yeah, we never, we never wanted for anything. Like, we always had food and and clothes and all of that stuff. But there wasn't many for extras, and if if I wanted anything at all, I had to had to figure out how to pay for it myself. So, I got my my first job actually was when I was ten years old, answering the phone for my neighbor when we still had the party lines. And then, oh wow! So I got to take his messages, and then. I was very fortunate that uh, when I hit 12, I could start babysitting, and I made a small fortune babysitting over through high school, and then I got a job waitressing at a at the town restaurant because they weren't licensed, so I could waitress underage, and, and I paid for everything all myself, and it definitely was really cool. And Ayla gets an allowance, but she's very financially motivated, being my child and everything, and now she's going, Mom, what can I do to get a job? Because she's not 14. She can't even legally get a job at, like, McDonald's and stuff like that. So she's getting quite frustrated because she'd like a summer job. And I'm going, they can't even legally hire you, princess. Yeah. So is she babysitting and doing the other? Babysitting is not her thing at all. Right, yeah. So I said, I, I mentioned, I said, it's too bad you don't really like little kids and stuff like that. Because I said, you could make a lot of money babysitting. But she said, yeah, no, not my thing. So we're coming up with with different ideas. She's she's thinking about having her own little garage sale to to sell some of the stuff that she makes. And I'm going, you know what? Go for it. Learn if you can learn the sales skills, you are going to be set up for life because everything is sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My uh, my I was just trying to remember how old I was, but I was probably about twelve when I had my first business. And we even I even had a float in the town parade that year. It was Sean's Lawns. Yeah, yeah, it was we had a my dad helped me build this extravagant float that was built on top of a four-wheeler, so I drove it down the the main street in the parade and I got lots of business that year cutting people's lawns. Oh, I it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. People love seeing a young kid with gumption. So, I re- I remember it was I think it was about two two winters ago, we had a major snow dump. And my husband was working, uh, he was teaching a night class, so he wasn't home because he's normally the one that looks after shoveling the snow and things like that. And these two teenage boys came and knocked on the door and offered to shovel shovel our walks for like 10 bucks. And we had just been dumped on. And I'm going, here you go. And they yeah. did a great job. They, the two of them came out with their snow shovels, and they probably made 100 bucks in an hour. <laughs> Yeah, well, ten bucks is the right price when, at the right time, right? Oh, you, you know. it was it was a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. What are the questions that your kids have about money? I think it's the same as you as you get from Ayla. It's how do I get more of it? Um, you know, Melanie, uh, being the older one, and she's always the more rule bound and more responsible one. She's already looking towards how can I save for university? How am I going to pay for this this huge thing? So she's looking for jobs, and she wants to babysit, and she wants to do whatever she can to raise money to save for university. Oh, she's, Andrew, she's on the other a hand, smart one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And Andrew, on the other hand, just wants to spend money. So money comes in, money goes out. And we really have to work with him to, to show him that he needs to save as well. And that, you know, if he spends this money on this trinket that he wants right now because he's in the store and he sees it, then he can't buy that nice thing that he keeps talking about as well. Yeah. So... It's not so much the questions that he's asking, but the habits that he's forming that we're trying to focus on. So how how are you focusing on trying to improve his habits around money? What what are you and Louise doing, and are you finding that it's effective? Because this is a this is a very common question that parents deal with. Like if if you have more than one kid, 
you typically have them opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to money. You'll have one that's really good and responsible and super mature like your daughter, and then the one that's like, okay, you gave me a dollar. What can I spend it on? What can I spend it on? What can I spend it on? <laughs> yeah. Well, with both of them, we've just set the expectation that any money that they get, some part of that has to go into the bank to go to savings. So they both have a bank account and we make, you know, every few months we'll make a trip to the bank and they'll, you know, go through all their money in their piggy bank or in their wallet or wherever it happens to be. And they'll take out about half and that will go in the bank. And, you know, just doing that, that's a pretty simple thing. And they're both, you know, they both have a fair bit of money in the bank now. So so that's a habit habit and an expectation that I fully believe that it lays the groundwork for future savings as well. You know, when they, when they do get their real jobs and they get the opportunity to, to contribute on their paycheck or on some sort of a drip campaign into an RSP, this, they'll, they'll already be used to that habit that they formed this, this early on. And so when Andrew wants to go spend the money that he, like you said, he gets a dollar, he wants to spend a dollar really the only thing that seems to work is just reminding him, you know, you keep talking about wanting to buy, I'm making it up here, but an Xbox or a computer or something nice. Well, if you spend that dollar or that $5 or that $20 now, then that's $20 less that you'd have to be saving towards that, that nice thing that you really actually want. And he's just old enough now that he's starting to understand the consequence of spending that dollar versus saving it. Yeah, some some get it much much sooner, like your daughter, and some it takes a little while. We have Ayla with the jar system, so every single thing that she gets money-wise, it gets split between her jars. And so that's always been, so she doesn't even question because she knows what the rules are. So right. it works really, really well. But the reason why, like, she, she gets a good allowance here, and, and she'll get, like, her birthday money and Christmas money, and I'll make her split that up to the jars, too, so she doesn't give me any grief. But she wants, she's big into the LPS, the Littlest Pet Shop stuff. Oh, really? Oh, she's huge into it. And <laughs> so she goes on to eBay and she's looking at these these ones and she, she wants to get some of these. And they're like 60 to $100 a, a, a toy. But she oh. knows all of her stuff and she can customize like the cheap ones and stuff and resell them. So she's all super excited about that. So that's why she <laughs> wants to earn more money. So what uh, what jars does she have, or how how many, and what approximately, like roughly, what are they for? So she she has she has her six jars. So she has her financial freedom jar, and that's like for the long term savings, never touch it. She's got um, her long term savings jar, and that's for things like she purchased her own um, Nintendo 3DS. Like so, okay. she got she got a Nintendo DS for Christmas one year, and then she wanted to upgrade, so she had to save her money for that. So she was really pleased because when we went. And she pulled out her money and paid for it and knew all about the tax. And then she has education, so she can spend that on things like educational books and stuff like that. She has her charity, and she can choose how she wants to spend her charity. My daughter actually gets tax receipts from, like, UNICEF and things like that. Cool. And she has her play jar, and that's where she can just, like, whatever, trinkets, the toys, the bits of candy, and she can go through and spend that. And then the last one is gifts. So she does her own Christmas shopping and puts together her budget. And if she gets if she gets invited to like a friend's birthday party, she pays for the gift. She just went out and bought Greg's Father's Day present like just before the weekend here. So she's really, really good at handling her money because that's always how it's been. 
And so it's very much the habit. So it's like, okay, you go goes into the six jars, and this is how you spend it. So she's... And and does she split the money equally into the six jars? Yes, they get split equally. Like, if she gets Christmas money or birthday money or something, I might let her put extra into her play or her long-term savings, whichever she wants. But every at least half has to get split into the other jars. So she gets a hundred bucks for a birthday present, like from her Nana and Papa, because she's a bit on the spoiled side. Yeah. $10 goes into each of the jars and then 50 can go into play. And then if she wants to buy like a Nintendo game or um, she's been very much enjoying garage sales where she can get like the big bags of LPS for like 10 bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I, I've been trying to keep, teach my kids the joys of, of garage sale day around here too. My favorite garage sales are the ones where they put a free sign out at the end of the road. They oh. just want to get rid of everything. <laughs> well, it, it, it's good if it's something that they actually want, but then yet I'm, I'm kind of an anal retentive neat freak and I'm going, okay, you only have so much space in your room in your closet, Ava, so if it doesn't fit in there, it ain't coming home. Yeah, or something has to leave as soon as this gets home. Yeah, yeah. or something has to leave. But she's gotten, that's also been a major habit at our house. So when it, when her birthday's coming up, or Christmas, the big, when you're going to get the gifts and stuff like that, I always make her go through all of her stuff like a week or two beforehand going, this is the amount of space that you have, and if you want to get new stuff, you have to make room, princess. Yeah, great idea. So it works. It works quite well, and she, like I said, she's becoming quite financially motivated. So well, we haven't been quite so elaborate uh, with our kids as that, but we do try to make sure they put at least half of the money that comes in into their bank account. And really, the intention of that is either never touch, like you, you talked about her fr- financial freedom account, or at minimum, it's long term savings. So. And, and long-term savings could be educational as well. So that money that goes in the bank is really sort of the combination of those three. Yeah. And uh, then the other money that they have, they, you know, have a fair bit of free reign to spend it as they will. But if it's something really frivolous, they have to convince us that it's a good idea. Well, that's why we have have her play jar. So she, there's there's no questions. There's no nothing. She wants If she wants to totally and completely blow it on bubble gum, as long yeah. as it doesn't make a mess, mom doesn't care. It it all works out. Like I said, different parents work different things. So if yeah. you could if you could impart one lesson that your kids have for when they graduate school that you know, okay, if this is the only thing that you learn, I'll be okay. What's the one lesson you want to make sure your kids get? I learned an amazing lesson when I got my first job out of university. And this was my boss at the time told me, you know, before you do anything else, I happened to work at a company that own, that had its own credit union. Kind of crazy. That doesn't really exist anymore. But no, not really. They, they they made it they made it really easy that right off your paycheck, you could take any amount of money that you want and put it into different baskets, much like Ayla's jars. Mm-hmm. And so he suggested that I go right down to the credit union and I take I don't even remember what I'm going to say fifty dollars a paycheck or a hundred dollars a paycheck, whatever it was, and just put that into an RRSP account. And take another $100 and put it into another account for whatever I wanted to save, whether it's a new truck or a new house or whatever. And that, we, I mean, this is basically what we've just been talking about, right? That Those are the lessons that I learned from my boss because I hadn't learned them prior to that. Um, but the point is that if you take that money right off your paycheck, you'll never even know that it's gone or that it's missing or that you didn't have it. So that, that $50, that $100, whatever it was off each paycheck, you know, I, I never even missed it because I never got used to spending it. And in a short period of time, that money grows very, very quickly. And 
the extension of that lesson that he gave me was every time you get a raise, you increase that amount that you're taking off of every paycheck. Yeah. And and you never reduce it ever. And so I have always done uh, drip contributions to RRSPs and to other savings. And, it, you know, it's just money that I, I, I just, you know, I just don't even know that I don't have it. And it's either there for an emergency or it's there for retirement or it's there for, you know, I have a really big expense that I wasn't expecting or whatever. So that that lesson is something that's really important that my kids need to learn. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, really nice to talk to you. We'll have to get together more often. We will. Have a great day. Thank you. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfun.ca.